This podcast is brought to you by the Accredited Snow Contractors Association. With industry standards-based certification, a discounted insurance program, networking events, and legislative efforts that strengthen the professional snow and ice management industry, your ASCA membership never stops working for you. Join today at ASCAonline.org. This is Mike Zawacki, editor of Snow Magazine. Attempting to introduce Weldon Long is like building a trailer for a summer blockbuster movie. You need to strike a balance with wetting people's appetites without giving away too much of the main story. Weldon is one of our featured speakers highlighting this year's Executive Summit, which will be held August 1st and 2nd in Pittsburgh. In a nutshell that doesn't do his inspiring story justice, Weldon's personal 25-year journey spans from poverty desperation, and incarceration to becoming a successful entrepreneur, speaker, and best-selling author. In today's podcast, I spent a few minutes with Weldon, and we discussed overcoming sales challenges. In particular, I asked Weldon for tips on how to overcome negative feedback, especially how to bounce back from hearing no over and over and over. And I encourage you to register today for the 2019 Executive Summit so you can hear Weldon's complete story, as well as his professional insight on sales and how a simple sales process is necessary to achieve a high level of sales performance. For more details on registering for Executive Summit, check out ASCAExecutiveSummit.com. <music> Right now, Weldon, um, you know, our um, snow contractors who are, you know, our audience in particular, um, they're finishing up or they have finished up their snow season. Hopefully uh, they're looking at closing out this past winter and are even beginning to start look at next winter. And part of that is um, re-signing existing clients and also signing on uh, new clients. And one of the toughest things to overcome in sales is is negativity. Uh, yeah. You know, if you're a sa- an owner or a sales manager or a salesperson, and you're going out to meet with clients or meet with prospective clients, you get a lot of more no's than you get yeses. Uh, how do you overcome? What what some advice can you give that uh, can help as they begin their their summer sales season? to help keep them on track, keep them focused, and keep them um, uh, with the tools to overcome that sort of negativity? Yeah, that's, that's a great question, Mike. And uh, by the way, as much as I would like to think snow season is over, uh, I'm in Colorado, and they're calling for snow tomorrow. Oh, I expect geez. my snow guys uh, will be here tomorrow. Uh, but uh, a little bit of luck, this will be the last time of the season. Uh, it's a great question, though, because essentially what it goes to is the mindset. How do we have the right mindset, the focus, the passion, the purpose to go out this summer and to close the business, to close the deals, to secure the business opportunities we need, you know, to thrive next winter? And to me, that all comes down to mindset. What I refer to is the prosperity mindset. It's one of the basis of my book, The Power of Consistency. The Power of Consistency stands for a simple proposition, and that is if you want to thrive in business, if you want to thrive in life, if you want to thrive in anything – you have to have the prosperity mindset. And the prosperity mindset is a mindset that is geared and programmed to thrive in the face of challenges. Now, those challenges can be economic challenges. They can be weather challenges. They can be a cheap competitor challenge. 
They can be uh, customer challenges, employee challenges. Bottom line is challenges are coming from all over the place, right? Mm -hmm. The key is to have the prosperity mindset that gives us the focus, the passion, the purpose to thrive in the face of that challenge. And so that would be probably a great thing to talk about for your, your group as they move into the summer selling season, you know, to get ready for next year. How do you create the prosperity mindset to thrive and not get distracted, to, to thrive and not get overwhelmed, to not get that negative mindset that you're talking about, right? Exactly. That's the key to this whole thing. Exactly. Um, what, are, what are some tips that you can offer on how, how you, you get into that correct mindset? One of the things I've learned is that you got to kind of have a four-step process. And I, I base this process on the acronym of FEAR, F-E-A-R. Mm-hmm. Focus, emotional commitment, action, and responsibility. And, and by, the way, by the way, Mike, uh, I'll just give a little hint. Uh, I know I'm going to be speaking at your event later on this summer uh, out in Pittsburgh. And I will tell your listeners a very interesting tidbit. Sixteen years ago, in January of 2003, I was broke and homeless. In fact, I was living in a homeless shelter. Jeez. And it was because I learned about how to develop the prosperity mindset. I stumbled into this information, and it completely changed my life. In fact, I went from living in a homeless shelter in 2003 to building a $20 million contracting business in just five years. That's amazing. And it's all because of this mindset. Now, if your listeners want to know how I ended up in that shelter and what happened, then we'll see you in Pittsburgh. Yes. But in the meantime, I want to give you some of the ideas that, that I, I think can really help. Number one, you got to have super crystal clear focus. You have to have ultimate clarity in what it is you're trying to accomplish. And by that, here's what I mean. It's not enough to say, okay, I want to secure some snow removal, snow management contracts for next winter. You've got to be very specific. How many contracts? What dollar volume? However you want to define it is fine, but you have to have specificity. You know, one of my favorite books, I'm sure many of your audience have read this book, Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich. Mm-hmm. And in that book, Napoleon Hill developed 17 principles that were, were common amongst the most, seven, uh, the most successful people. And on page one of that book, he talked about one, and that was called definite purpose. The most successful people have clearly defined uh, clarity with their goals. They know exactly what they're trying to accomplish. So what I encourage people to do is to, you know, there's kind of three main areas of your life. There's your money, which is your business, your financial security, your retirement, all those things, your business, your profession. There's your relationships, which is your marriage, your family, your relationship with community and friends. And then there's your health, your mental, spiritual, and physical health. What do you want in each of those areas? You see, it's not enough just to have specific money and financial goals. Uh, we got we to, gotta, you know, have that broad-based you know, kind of fulfillment, that self-actualization. And that includes our money goals with our personal goals, you know. I mean, listen, none of us want to go uh, uh, to our grave with a, with a bunch of money. As I often say, you can't, you can't take it with you, yeah, right? Exactly. Although I, tell, I told my wife to bury me with 100 grand just, <laughs> just in, in case. case I get there yeah. and find out it would help. I want to have it with me. <laughs> but the bottom line is you can't take it with you. So, you know, I'm a firm believer that when I'm on my deathbed, the thing I'm going to be thinking about are my relationships with my kids, my wife, my friends. And by the way, that's good relationships and bad relationships. I might have some regrets. I'm going to have hopefully a lot of love and fond memories. But I'm not going to be counting the number of Ferraris in the garage at mm-hmm. that point, right? None of us will be. Right. So I, I think it's helpful that when we start thinking about our financial goals, think about the impact that's going to have on the other important areas of your life, your family, your kids, you know, your health, all those different things. 
But step one is that focused step. What do I want? So let's say, for example, I want $10 million, and I'm pulling that number out of thin air, $10 million in snow management contracts for next, for next year. Mm-hmm. I want to write that down. Ten, I want to be very, very specific. And then here's the key. This is where so many people get overwhelmed. I'm a big believer in the concept that the confused mind says no. We've got to keep things simple. What one or two or three things could I do every day this summer that would help me have that $10 million in contracts by the end of summer, mm-hmm. right, or by the end of fall? What one, not, not 100 things, you know, not 10 things, one or two things that I could do every single day. You know, Lao Tzu, the famous Chinese philosopher, said that a thousand-mile journey begins with a single step, right? Right. What can I, and this is where people, they start getting so many things on their list. So if I want to have $10 million in snow management contracts, what one or two things can I do every single day? And that's different for everybody, right? If I'm a smaller company, it's going to be different activities than if I'm a large company. But you got to figure out what are those one or two things, and then you got to do those things every single day. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's, you know, uh, I, I have $10 million in service contracts. I make 20 new uh, cold calls per day. Uh, I run every call with passion and purpose, right? Whatever it is, got to figure out what are the specific activities. Start with the end in mind and come back. Mm-hmm. If, if, I want if I want $10 million in contracts and I know that the average contract is worth, uh, let's say, $10,000, then I take a million dollars, and I'm doing this because I'm not great with math, and I divide that by $10,000, that means I need 100 new contracts between now and, let's say, the end of September, right? So then I take the number of days that I have between now and September, and I divide, you know, uh, the 100 by that, and that's how many contracts. Maybe i got to get one new one a day. Right. And to get one new one a day, I need to make 10 cold calls a day, right? There's your formula. It's not rocket science. What I tell people, Mike, is success is not a knowledge problem. It's an implementation problem. Anybody, a child can do the math I just did. If I want this, I got to do this. That means today I got to make 10 cold calls to get one new deal. Mm-hmm. So break it down, get focused, and then break it down into the simple components that you got to do every single day. The summer season, not only are you trying to build your business, but you're also trying to tweak and improve your operations. And a lot of that is often trying to get your employees to try new concepts, new strategies, new business systems. And for a manager or an owner or supervisor, this is kind of a sales process as well. And uh, I don't know, next to, you know, prospective customers, employees are tough customers as well to try to, yeah. you know, to sell them on new concepts, the things that will drive the, the company forward. What, what can you offer? What tips can you offer on how to approach the uh, employee as a customer? Yeah, no, that's a fantastic question because oftentimes our employees are the most skeptical of us, right? Yeah. Because they see the boss as the guy that just wants to, you know, leverage them and exploit them for his personal gain. So what we have to do is we have to build relationships with our people in the same way we have to build relationships with our customers. And how do you build a relationship with your customer? Well, you show genuine interest, right? Mm-hmm. People buy from people they like, mm-hmm. right? It's as old as, old as sales itself. So how do people know, and how do you get them to like you? Well, you ask them questions. You show genuine interest in their business, their family, their, you know, Zig Ziglar used to talk about, uh, you know, kind of the, uh, the, the, the four main things that people like to talk about, right? Their job, their family, their recreation, their material possessions. He mm-hmm. called it form, F-O-R-M, family, 
occupation, recreation, material possessions. So show genuine interest in your people, right? Ask them questions. But here's another thing to remember. People buy from people they like, but people also buy from people that like them. Mm-hmm. So it's not enough for your employees to, to like you. They have to know that you like them. So how do you get them to know you like them? Ask their advice. Okay. When you ask someone's advice, who do you ask advice from? You ask advice from people you respect, trust, and admire. So if I go to an employee and I say, hey, Joe, I noticed you come in uh, to work every day on that beautiful Harley-Davidson. I've never had a motorcycle before, but if I was going to get into riding, what would you tell me to do? What would be the first thing I should do? And that employee will tell you, oh, you should do this, and, you, and, and they'll get excited because they like it. And they feel like you like them, and they start liking you because, hey, you like me. Yeah, right. You must like me to ask my advice. So, so, so that's number one. It's about relationships with our people in the same way it's in relationships with our customers. And then your people have to be sold out to the vision of your company. One of the things I, I, I believe strongly is that visionary leaders have – uh, 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 three very specific things in common. Number one, they know exactly where they want to go, right? That gets back to the specificity, the focus, the definite purpose, right? I want a million dollars in new contracts or 10 million, whatever it is, right? right? So I know exactly where I want to go. you got to have a vision for your company, and you have to have a crystal clear image of where you want to go. That's step one. Step two, you have to communicate that to your people every single time you speak with them, mm. right? Not once a year, but every single time you get a chance, you want to communicate that vision to your people. Hey, guys, here's where we're going. Uh, here's what it means to you. I mean, new opportunities, uh, you know, uh, new opportunities to earn income for leadership, whatever, but this is where we're going. When we get $10 million in contracts, everybody's going to have more opportunity, right? A rising tide lifts all boats. Right. So now I've got the vision, and now I'm communicating that vision to my people. The third component you have to have absolute 100% unequivocated confidence in your team to get you there. And then you got to tell them that every day too, mm-hmm. right? So you got a vision, you communicate the vision, and you tell them every single day that you believe in them and their ability to get the company there. They're kind of the three hallmarks of leadership. But that's about getting people to buy into a vision. If they know you like them, uh, and, and by the way, People will see through smoke screens. They will see through manipulation so fast our head will spin, right? Mm. You have to genuinely be you know, uh, concerned about your people. That's reflected in compensation. That's reflected in benefits, the way we treat them. All those other issues combined, right? So it's not, it's not just one quick answer, but it's about that culture, uh, the culture of appreciation, the culture of vision, the culture of communicating that vision. Great. You know, one last thing I wanted to touch with you on, with both of these things, with selling to a customer or uh, both a new one or an existing and uh, selling and working with employees, it sounds like as the seller, as the manager, as the supervisor, as the owner, one thing I need to maintain is patience. That I need to, this isn't something that's going to happen overnight. You talked about, you know, you know, laying out these, you know, um, these three to five, you know, certain steps in, in, in each different case and following them to a T. But just because I do it two or three days in a row doesn't mean it's going to be instant success. Absolutely. And that's the essence of my book, The Power of Consistency. Mm-hmm. It's not about the scope of what we do every day. It's about the consistency of the things we do. Little things, Right the little things over and over and over again. And that's why I tell people, when you know what you want, 
just identify one or two or three things that if you did every single day would get you there. Mm-hmm. And they don't have to be like life-changing things every single day, right? So if I want, so if, if I want X amount of contracts and I make X amount of cold calls per day, I ran every sales call with passion and purpose, and I ask for the order every single time, if I do those three things every single day, what's going to happen? Let me give you a quick example. I've got a client of mine is in the insurance business. Mm-hmm. And we worked their sales goals backwards. And what it came down to is they needed every salesperson in their insurance agency, including the owner who did a lot of sales, to make five new cold calls a day. And that became the mantra. We put that in their prosperity plan. We put it on the walls. Everybody would, uh, would uh, agree every morning that they're going to make five new cold calls every single day. Well, their company grew like wildfire. They quadrupled their revenue in about two years. And one day the owner called me, and he said it was a Friday afternoon. He was leaving the office early, very satisfied with the success they've been having. And he's walking out the door, and he had only made two cold calls that day. And this is what I call cognitive dissonance. If you tell yourself you're going to make five new cold calls every day, and then you don't do it, Mm -hmm. you're going to feel like a fish out of water. Dissonance is anxiety that when we don't do what we said we would do. So he's walking out the door early Friday afternoon, and he hears this voice in his head, I make five new cold calls every day. He's only made two. So he's like, dang it, i got to go back in. So he goes back in the office. His goal is to leave three very quick voicemails, right, Mm -hmm. and get it over with. He ends up contacting two customers, setting appointments for the next week, both of whom became business insurance customers. So it's doing those little things over and over and over again. It's not the big things. It's the consistency with which we do the little things. So identify the two or three or four little things that we have to do every single day, write those things down, review them every single day, and then just kind of like Mother, Mother Nature, the dissonance will take over and start driving you to do those things if you tell yourself that every day.